How are you guys doing? Today's episode is sponsored by American Giant. Yes, look at this nice, sweet, succulent stuff touching my skin. I got to give a quick shout out to the handful of my VIP Patreon members real quick before we get into today's episode. Alex Rosen, Ben Gachi, Bacon Sniffer. Yes, Bacon Sniffer. Craig Finley, Daniel B. Harris, Craig Nagle, and Echo Beast or Eco Beast. Eco Beast. I think it's Eco Beast. Without y'all support, these videos would not be possible. So thank you for helping us a ton over the past, well, past month or so over there on Patreon. Sincerely do appreciate it. Now, North Korea is absolutely furious today. Yes, which is no different than any other day of the year, but they are now demanding that the United States stops its aggression. Yes, it's aggressive war exercises. They're currently taking place. Uh, that's literally it for North Korea for the day. So they're just mad we're doing things. So Now, now if you thought North Koreans were, were mad, just imagine being in the positions of these new Russian men who are just having to be called up for their mobilization to be fighters. Oh, and if you thought that was bad, just take a look at the current living conditions these men are being stuck with. Вот такие вот прям, уф, прям ляжешь на нее, кайфанешь. Лучше бы палатки уже поставили, что ли, мы бы в поле с пацанами пожили, привыкли. Какая прелесть просто. Грибок, он там, Это там чужой живет. Хуя мы его пристрелим, у нас автоматов нету. Товарищ главнокомандующий, оружия нету у личного состава. Это видео нам прислали мобилизованные 423-го мотострелкового полка Катимировской дивизии. 350 человек заселили на два этажа в аварийную казарму. Нерабочая сантехника, холод, оборванная пожарная сигнализация, антисанитария. Желание воевать у бойцов, если было, то в таких условиях быстро прошло. Форму выдали старую, в ней холодно. В своей ходить запрещено, не по уставу. Хотя многие купили ее себе сами. Бронежилеты обещают выдать перед отправкой на фронт, но командованию элитного подразделения уже никто не верит. Суворов и Кутузов бы уже, наверное, расстреляли бы. Ублюдка, в которой все своровали тут. Тварь какая-нибудь на дачу себе все отвезла. Вот у нас на наших почти 200 человек работают две раковины. Ну, эти еще более-менее живые. Да, вот наши душевые просто. Зацените. С 
After seeing so many videos from these mobilized men, I'm not fully convinced the Russians have really... I don't think they have the capabilities that they say they have. I get they have nukes. Yes, they got them. But what are the chances they still are operational? I really don't want to find out clearly. I don't think anybody else in this planet does. But if you can't even keep a, a, a set of barracks up and running, like they had, they said they have about two sinks working out of like 50, then, then, then that doesn't need that much attention. Like imagine how much attention keeping a nuke up and going like at any given moment. Like I don't think they have the capability. I don't think they do. I really don't. Now, now, we know that the, the Kremlin has always attempted and is, and is attempting and has always been trying to, I don't know, they always try to play really big. <sighs> now, they say they're going to back out of this whole grain deal. Now, they're going to be blocking every ship, making it to where they can't do it. Well, I'm going to tell you guys right now, every ship that was leaving Ukraine maybe like three months ago when they were doing it, it was like, okay, cool. We're not, we don't want to mess with the, the Russians. But now the Russians look weak. And the merchants are calling their bluff. Yes, that is Putin's bluff. He's put in an awkward position right now because 12 hours or so, they began like these long convoys and decided to actually leave port in Odessa in these, these massive convoys. You can watch, you, basically you can watch uh, ships the same as you can watch airplanes flying around. You can see them driving around the ocean. I spent about five minutes this morning actually looking at it. I was very surprised. It was insane how many ships are in the middle of the Pacific and the Atlantic Ocean right now. There's a ton. But anyway, nothing will come of this, and Putin will once again look very weak, and he's really not going to be able to do anything with these ships. They're all from different countries, for God's sakes. The United States is, is, is going to act 100% very harshly if he attempted to, so he can't really do anything. He can't have this. He can't win this. Now, the Russian Defense Ministry has released this beautiful video showing some of the 50 cruise missiles. Yes, 50, because I don't think, I mean, it's clearly not 50 ships going right there, but that uh, are a response for the attack that happened in the Black Sea, the Black Sea fleet, that is, uh, which I have read a few reports that he states, or they are stating that they're sitting at currently 75% of its actual strength. That is the Black Sea fleet. Yes. Now, you know one thing about these type of videos, and the fact that they really just need to make it very obvious for their civilian population and let them all know that they're, they're making progress. It's not really helping them. It really doesn't. And all it ends up doing is, is forcing other countries to send stuff to Ukraine to help prevent these things from getting to their targets. So, the Russians, they're like, yes, we're shooting so many cruise missiles at Ukraine and, and Germany and the United States. They're like, okay, cool, we'll, we'll just send some stuff to stop it. Now what are you going to do? If they would stop targeting civilian infrastructure, it'd probably be different. Like, all this is done, like I said, it's going to become more safe inside of Ukraine because these attacks, uh, the United States is stepping up and they're sending eight NASMs to Ukraine. And Germany is sending these Iris-Ts, okay, which is an infrared Imaging system, it locks on. Apparently, the localized interception rate is 100% against incoming missiles. Yes, you heard me read that correctly. 100%. Anything that comes within almost 50 miles of these things and is flying at or below 66,000 feet is screwed. 50 miles, 66,000. Of course, these missiles coming in, if they're at higher altitude, um, and they're, the, the distance is going to be different. So, you know what I mean? Because the interception is going to be a lot shorter due to the amount of fuel each projectile is carrying. But the max is like 66,000 foot, 50 miles away. That's 66,000 foot. So, American Giant, you guys want to know something? When clothes used to be made to last, not with just machinery. Hey, I'm telling you right now, this company, this brand, American Made, who doesn't love American Made products? Well, there's a lot of reasons why I love them. And not all of them are on balance sheets. 
like the impact the companies have supporting local communities instead of the other way around. Ten years later, this classic full zip, you guys see this one I'm wearing, from American Giant still shows the impact of America made, like made in America, not only the fabric on your back, but the fabric of your communities. So my experience with the classic full zip hoodie from American Giant, I'm telling you guys right now, it feels so good on my skin. I could blend into just about anything. I, matter of fact, I think I could probably join the Ukrainian military with a jacket. I think I've seen them wear this thing, by the way. Just going to throw that out there. It's going to, I'm probably not, but it looks like this. I, I mean, I, it's getting cold here. You guys need something that's made in America and to keep you warm and it's going to last long because it's durable and it's made in America and it's functional. How does that, how does this compare to your typical hoodie? Well, for one typical hoodie, you got to pull over your head and every, every time I got to take off, I need sunglasses and it pisses me off. This one, guess what? Don't have to do that. So American Giant creates American-made basic designs to endure. They reinvest profits locally right back into the people and supply chains that power them. American-made means lasting quality, less waste, stronger communities. It's more than just making great clothes. They're rebuilding the craftsmanship and the community that made America great and make America quality possible. All right? Unlike the most clothing that you guys are wearing right now on your body, as you're watching this, that are tucking around your nether regions, they're quickly, cheaply made, and they're made for profits, okay? This classic full zip right here from American Giant is made to wear, not to wear out, with functional details like hand-wearing pre-shrunk cotton, yes, reinforced elbows, structure side paneling, and custom hardware. It's quality. You can feel immediately and you'll wonder why all clothes aren't made this way. No wonder it's been called the greatest hoodie ever made for 10 years and counting. So see more of the story and shop the classic full zip at American-Giant.com and get 20% off when you guys use the code Rob at checkout. Yes, Rob, R-O-B at checkout. Save 20% at American-Giant.com. That's American-Giant.com. Dot com promo code Rob to save 20%. It'll be linked at the very top of the description. Thank you so much to American Giant for sponsoring this episode. Now I know a couple of days ago, we had said that the Russians have just surpassed 70,000 in troops that have been KIA, but like we also said, the fighting has been extremely brutal inside of certain areas, and we have seen some, some crazy single-day losses, with one of them totaling almost 900 950 KIA in one day alone. Just yesterday, yes, yesterday, 620 KIA. 620, 15, that's almost 1,600 in two days alone last. This, that is nuts. That, that's nuts. And right now the total is sitting at 71,820 KIA so far since this so-called special military operation, which most of us just call a war, has kicked off. They are now sitting at close to 2,686 tanks that have been lost and another 5,485 APCs that are completely gone. 275 aircrafts and 253 helicopters as well. Those are fairly stout numbers, and I do not think they will slow down either over the next few weeks. I also think it's very strange that the Russians are still struggling to communicate with each other on the battlefield. And when I mean communicating... You're going to hear, like, this guy's talking about having to crawl on the ground and, and mud as deep as their thighs, which I get it, it's going to get wet, but it's, it's 2022. I don't know how you aren't communicating on the ground inside of Ukraine. Like, it, it shouldn't be that difficult when you are so powerful as the Russians claim they are. Mm -hmm. 
Всем здравствуйте, блядь. Ну, хуйню спрашивают все через одного. Башка болит. Че отвечать? Хуйня. Иди на Начальник. А куда идти, Наташа, до ближайшего штаба? 4,5 километра. Тут грязи, нахуй, по колено. Вот, пожалуйста. Мы с Аварзаем прошли где-то 150, нахуй. И что, я сейчас приду, меня нахуй там пошли. Короче, богатство. Понятно, только по телевизору все красиво. Да, 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 продвинулись. Какой мы нахуй продвинулись? Нас ухуяли, как котяток на переезде, нахуй, 12-200, трехсотых, более 40 человек. Из минометра ухуяли, мы даже доехать не смогли. С машины спрыгивали, нахуй, все вещи, кто потерял. Ладно, у меня вот в одном рюкзаке все было. Он как у меня был на плечах, нахуй, я дотащил, блядь. У меня рот, нахуй, вообще убежал, нахуй. Also, one of the weirdest things I've ever heard used to describe getting your teeth kicked in is squished like little kittens. I had no idea what that means or where that term even came from. Uh, but you could have went with bugs, like literally any bug on planet Earth. Squished like a bug. That makes a little sense. Or squished like an ant. Kittens. Who in their right mind is stepping and squishing on kittens? I... Russians. Минутную даже повестку. И, конечно, становится страшно, и оттуда, собственно, этот вопрос. Мы победим, хватит у нас сил, хватит у нас оружия. Мы же не, не говорим о победе над Украиной, как мы говорили в первую неделю, допустим, с 24 февраля, когда это не вызывало никаких сомнений, потому что ну, нам казалось, мне казалось, что мы воюем в первую очередь с там, злобными силами на Украине, которые издеваются над нашими людьми. Но сейчас-то уже совершенно очевидно, что мы воюем со всем вот этим, вот с э, тем местом, откуда эта опухоль, о которой я только что говорила, пошла изначально, да? Вот со всем этим чудовищным организмом, с так называемым коллективным западным миром, мощным, успешным, хорошо вооруженным, абсолютно долбанутым при этом, абсолютно безбашенным, совершенно необразованным. А необразованный человек не может... So since the war is currently being lost, they need to have a new agenda, which we are seeing on a daily dose right now of Russian state TV. So my 9%ers, I call you guys my 9%ers. I'm going to start calling you guys from now on. The 9%ers, the 9% of you guys that watch this video every single day who are Russian, I know you are. How are you guys doing? I, I don't know what's going on. I, all I see on, on y'all's TV is an individual who is struggling to comprehend how their beloved country, yes, the beloved country, is losing to Ukraine, who they claim to be Nazis, and that they're fighting some evil. And of course, we know, we've heard this over and over again, which isn't true. She cannot get it through her head. I don't know why, that we aren't the hot-headed ones in this current situation. Matter of fact, we have a gentleman in the White House who is probably the least hot-headed individual on planet Earth and most of the time doesn't even know where he's at. All he wants to do is eat his ice cream and retire. Let's be honest. Joe Biden... In the, in the last 10 years of, of just presidency has been wild. But it, it, you cannot tell me Joe Biden is on it. It's hard for me to even say that. Like, look at him. He's like, how, how old is Joe Biden? Somebody, can, can you tell me? How old is he? 76, 78, 79. 70, hot-headed? The, the guy is 79 years old and just needs to, he's, he's retired. <sighs> anyway, once again, the Russians' inability to see past their nose. 
that they don't have a clue and haven't had a clue what they're doing this entire time is going to be their demise in the end regarding the war inside of Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> Хватит вот это искреннее желание убедить дьявола, потому что, подождите, мы хорошие. Он, он знает, что мы хорошие, поэтому с нами и воюет. Поэтому чувство всем не мешает прийти. Значит, ну вы глядите, вот мы тут говорим сатанизм, да, и я с этим абсолютно согласен. Это понятно, это превращается в какое-то действительно царство зла. И, и я понимаю, когда выходит там Рамзан Ахмадович, так сказать, который говорит, мы мусульман призывает к джихаду, да, с этими. Я, я понимаю, он естественный евразиец, он естественный человек, он, он радикален, но он прав в этом. Абсолютно. Если ты хочешь воевать, ты должен быть радикален, у тебя нет другого пути. Либо ты воюешь, либо ты не воюешь. So when losing, the best strategy is to shift the entire agenda from what you were seeing, like what we're seeing every single day, that the West as a whole is now spreading its evil throughout Ukraine and the Russians need to stop it from reading, reaching their borders. My Calling the Chechen leader, by the way, a pure man who is a is, ra is radical and somewhat laughable, put that out there, just because he calls for a jihad against the West doesn't make you or make what he's doing inside of Ukraine just. Like him calling for this jihad to fight against Ukraine is nothing more than him utilizing his religion or using his religion as an excuse to get his people fired up to fight the war that they don't need to be involved in. Западное сообщество, вот западное социальное, конечно, не народы. Хотя и к народам там есть вопросы. Ведь им же нравится колониализм, ну, по большому-то счету. Они э, хотят, чтобы в зоопарках были мы. Да? Они, они приходили, вон там слон, а вот это русский. Посмотрите на него. Он безопасный. Не, он, русский даже он опасен, клетке, поэтому да, не он, близко, да? да, не подходите близко и не кормите. Да, он в клетке. All right, so it seems that there is a pocket inside of the western side of Sivatov, which we've been talking about, is starting to collapse. Yes, it has collapsed. We're going to grab this, this pen, this one right here, the magic pen, my daughter calls it. She doesn't understand how it works, and neither do I, really. We're going to grab this thing and, and go right in on it. So, all right, this pocket. We know this pocket that's down here. We've been talking about this pocket. I told you guys it was going to collapse, and it has. Remember, there was another little indention just inside of this area well actually it was more like out here but there was another indention that was there it's not there anymore there's a reason for that the ukrainians have found a way through they're getting closer to causing just a little bit of issues for the russians that are withholding or sitting right now inside of this pocket this little nose i'm gonna call it the nose right here not only have they busted through this area on the southern side of this nose okay but they've now expanded a little bit of white space on the southern edges of Kremlin. Okay, this is kind of a big deal. The Russians that are currently sitting directly west of Sivatov are in a very tough spot in that nose, in that town of Rerhodoreka. Yes, the one that I cannot pronounce, but you know where I'm talking about. They have Ukrainians hitting them directly from the west daily and from the south. Now they're going to have to deal with that. And, from, well, possibly from the north, too, because remember there is another pocket that's right here that's formed. So this whole area is going to continually collapse. It's going to happen. Told you guys it was going to, and it is. I, I believe the, the fall of this town is going to happen in the next, I'm going to say, I'm going to give it a time frame. I don't like doing this. I'm going to say seven days. Seven days from today. I'm going to say by November 8th, this nose is going to be completely collapsed, and they're going to have to go back towards Sivitov. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to say that right now. I, I usually don't do it, but hopefully they got a predetermined spot just for these Russians' sake. I really do, for the men that are sitting inside this little nose. I'm going to say I'm going to give them one week. 
and they're going to have to pull back to hopefully they have a predetermined spot for their sake. I, I don't I don't really care, honestly, but I'm telling you, I hope they do. Hopefully their, their chain of command, their leadership is actually doing something decent for them. There's no way the Ukrainians aren't targeting supply route, by the way, that is leading into this area with heavily artillery barges daily because that's literally the only route in and out of this area. This one you see right here. And you're telling me that every single Ukrainian that is along this entire line isn't absolutely pounding that route with artillery. They have to be. My God, they're probably sitting, honest to God, they're probably sitting back here. Just, that's probably all they're doing. Just dumping it on them. Seems like a terrible place to be if you're a Russian. But the Russians have also attempted a couple separate probing attacks, by the way. I want to kind of scoot on back here. Up in Kharkiv. Yes, nothing has really came of it, but they have been trying to push down from that northern side of Kharkiv. This is the second time, I don't know why I held up three fingers, but this is the second time we've gotten word of these type of attacks. I've seen from a few different people, by the way, that are claiming, uh, it's kind of a weird, it's a weird claim, but they believe there's going to be a, a renewed offensive that's going to be coming out of Belarus once they get enough men trained. And I've also seen the Belarusian military is going to be picking up the slack and actually starting to help facilitate the training of new recruits. Yo, that shit pan out really well. As we know, some of those those Belarusian training videos, they're pretty hot. Pretty, pretty cool. Kiev is also so so heavily fortified, by the way. I mean, think about it. It's, there's no way to get in. Like, it'd almost be impossible to get to the city center right now. Like, I don't even know how they could do it. Like, unless they use a, a nuke, which I don't think that's going to happen. I, I hope it doesn't. But I, I don't think it's going to happen. They couldn't do it the first time. How are they going to be doing it this time? So... Sliding down south of here. All right. I know. Bakhmut. Bakhmut. The Russians are still attempting to take this. They're still trying to take Bakhmut. I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. But they haven't been able to do anything. The only the only real accomplishment they've been able to do is lose thousands of men in the process. But it's not far-fetched, by the way. This number's not far They've literally lost thousands of men trying to take this city and not yet reached it. And when you think about it, it's honestly really sad. It's like, once you put in that perspective and you actually think about it, how many men have lost their lives in this one area? Tens of thousands just trying to get to this city. And we've explained it multiple times why they need this city, what is so important about this city, the main routes that leave into Slovenia, they cannot take it. But right now, what is the point? As a whole, uh, Russia just seems to be stale in the northern part of the country. They've tried another push in the, to regain Bilarica, right here. Did not pan out as well. They tried to take this town, and they were pushed all the way back. Unsuccessful. 100% forced retreat. There's not a single part of this country right now that I could actually see them gaining any type of ground without some drastic like change, some major drastic change. Like maybe the winter months. Maybe the winter months when things slow down, they'll help to regain some of their losses in strength for the spring counteroffensive. Or maybe they'll be forced out of the country by the end of next summer, which I honestly think is more feasible option. I haven't said my piece on when I think I think this thing could end. Honestly, I believe the Russians will make it through the winter and they could possibly get crushed by late spring and then forced out by summer. But we also got to think about we got elections coming in in America. Maybe they're willing to risk it for the biscuit and try to make it through and maybe the Democrats don't win again and they don't get as much money for Ukraine. I don't know. I mean, they could be thinking that. Like right now, I personally believe there's a way they can keep up right now with the West and the amount of arms that is they're being being sent to Ukraine. Like anyway, like five months ago, they were ripping through the country at a fast pace. But once again, the Ukrainians found a weak point. They took advantage of it and made a fool out of them by doing so. So along the eastern side of the country, no real change has, has happened. I, I say that. So... We were just in Bakhmut. We're sliding down. You have this whole, 
Well, Dinesh there. So basically this line, pretty much the same. They're fighting. They're trying to get it back. But down here, you guys see this one? Where I just put that little X. I, I don't know why the Russians are attempting to actually push an element towards Pavika right now. I don't really know why. It seems really strange to me in a waste. But to each their own, they have really haven't done anything great this entire time they've been in Ukraine. So anyway, shifting over to Ukraine. Wow. Shifting over to Kirsten. There hasn't been much going on other than the fact the Russian officials have announced. Big deal. Here we go. We talked about this. So now we're over here in Kirsten. They have announced. The Russian officials have announced that some sort of evacuation buffer zone that lies. They just, they built, they're building one right now that lies on the southern side of the river all through here. So it runs roughly something like this. The southern side of that river. So this whole area. They're building one all along there. Which is a good indication, uh, which we've seen in a lot of videos. It's a good indication of what they're doing. They're bringing all these bunkers in. And they're being transported by train and by truck in this area. It kind of reminds me, uh, I, I didn't really know what I wanted. I, I know what it is now. It's the Atlantic Wall. Is anybody, I've been to the Atlantic Wall up in Belgium. Okay, the Atlantic Wall pretty much runs, I mean, you know, I, I don't need to explain it to you. But the Atlantic Wall is massive. And it's something Hitler and, um, anyway, the other really terrible dude in history that I can't remember his name right now. I want to say Goebbels, but I don't think it was. I think it was. I, maybe it wasn't. It doesn't really matter. The other Nazi terrible man, they set it up, and he was a guy that was down in Africa. Now it's going to bother me. Anyway, the Atlantic Wall, I think this is almost what they're trying to set up. But I told you guys in the previous episode, I thought they were, I, I thought their, their, their attempts to do this were going to be terrible. It's, it's 2022, and these areas will be geolocated in one day. Like, literally, I could probably, one, like, once these things start getting set up, I bet you I could geolocate them in a day. I could probably find them all within 24 hours. You know why? Because the internet is so massive and somebody's going to be doing it. Somebody's doing it right now as I'm making this video. There's somebody sitting at their house being like, you know what? I'm going to find the bunkers they're putting in. And they're going to. Because this stuff's uploaded, updated daily. It's 2022. They're going to find them or it's going to be dropped on them. They're going to be pointless. So, anyway, hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. I will see you guys tomorrow with another one. We got one that's a little bit different, a little bit more spicy. I do love you guys. I'm out.